I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Kaylin McNamara and Hunter Boss. Um, let's get started with the news. Kaiko versus Brandon Moreno. Bit of an odd one to be made, but they're talking about an interim championship because Figueroa is not ready. Hunter, what do you think about this fight rumor potentially about to be booked? I don't hate it at all. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm very happy this got announced. Um, Though I, I want the fourth fight to happen, if Figueroa's not ready and Moreno's willing to fight another person, this is the fight to make. Kai yeah. Cara France is a difficult opponent, uh, though he provides unique challenges. So I'm excited to see what uh, the Kai Cara France can bring to the table for this yeah. fight. Yeah, um, I'm with Hunter 100% on this. I really, really like this fight. And it kind of comes back to our conversation we had after the Askar Askarov fight with Kai Kara France. And we did say if the fourth fight didn't happen, this is the fight that probably should be made in order to see some progress in the division. So, yeah, I actually think this fight makes way more sense than a lot of other people think it will. Kai Kara France, he's coming off a savage knockout of Cody Garbrandt. He's coming off a very impressive but slightly controversial decision over the next best lightweight in the world in Askar Askarov. And yeah, to me, this fight makes a lot of sense. I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I thought they were going to do the immediate, uh, you know, I quadruple fight or whatever, however you say it. Um, not trilogy, but the fourth fight with Figueredo. Um, But obviously, Figueredo's not fit for that fight right now. So they're going to go ahead and they're going to make this one, which I'm not, I look, I, I can't complain. It's going to be a banger of a fight. These guys like to throw down. This is where we really find out what Kai Car France is is made of, if he really is the real deal here. Um, we know Brandon Moreno is. It's for an interim belt. Um, and, and there's a lot of interim belt thrown around these days. I, I think this one's okay because the champion's out. Um, and these guys, you know, Brandon Moreno is that championship uh, material. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be on one of those July cards, which are looking ridiculous right now. July 30th might even feature Justin Poirier. I mean, I'm just so excited for this summer, especially the month of July. And this fight just adds to the excitement because it's guaranteed fireworks. Um, With that, let's go ahead and move on to the best of the best. Uh, And today we're talking about Chandler Ferguson. So Hunter can get a little take on it. Uh, What's the fight to make uh, after this fight? It's McGregor, dude. I am so I am so happy about what happened on a Saturday night the other night. Yeah, I love Tony Ferguson. Don't get me wrong. Here's my boy right here. Yeah, my boy Tony Ferguson right here. Okay, I love him. All right, but honestly, it is a new day and age, and I am happy that this new day and age of Michael Chandler Iron Mike is on the scene. I think Michael Chandler deserves everything he's gotten in the UFC so far. 100%. He goes out there and he puts on a performance, whether or not he thinks he's going to win or lose. And against Conor McGregor, that's what the UFC wants. You know, they just want a good performance to get McGregor back on the scene again. And, you know, Michael Chandler susceptible to getting hit. So if McGregor uh, has a chance in striking, he has a chance anywhere on the game, you know, 
So Michael Chandler, he, pre he presents a unique challenge to Conor McGregor, maybe one he hasn't seen in a while. Though um, I'm excited for anything that does happen. Any fight Michael Chandler has, I will be behind Michael Chandler now. I mean, this guy is one of my most entertaining fighters I've seen in a long time. So Michael Chandler, McGregor, let's make it happen, Dana. Yeah, um, again, we're two for two in segments today on this episode. I agree with my boy Hunter. <laughs> I, I can't believe I do, but I actually do. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think I'd be saying this about anybody, but, you know, the stars are kind of aligning here. And the Conor McGregor fight actually makes sense. It really, really does. Um, you've got Michael Chandler, who, aside from Charles Oliveira, who is the champion let's be honest i think we all know that aside from charles Oliveira, michael chandler's probably the hottest property at lightweight right now you know every single fight he goes in is a fight of the year contender round of the year contender regardless of how long it goes on it's kind of dependent on that but this fight makes sense it really really does hunter's just giving you an excellent argument right there i'll add to it a little bit if i can Michael Chandler, brilliant lightweight, but he's prone to getting hit. He fights emotionally, except for Tony Ferguson, where he landed a brilliant double leg, but he mostly fights emotionally. He's a real crowd pleaser. He's a real crowd fighter. Conor McGregor is as well. You know, love him, hate him. It's what he does best, arguably better than anybody who's ever done it. The only caveat to this, there's only one way this goes wrong for the UFC. Obviously, this fight is Dana White's wet dream. You know, you've got a guy who wants to throw against a guy who doesn't want anything to go to the ground. You know, you can't write it any better than that. The only caveat to this is that this fight has to happen at lightweight. Um, I respect Chandler for calling McGregor out at welterweight because then McGregor has nowhere to go. He can't turn it down. But if you're if you're looking to do what Hunter's just said and you want to get Conor McGregor back in the scene, the only way to give him any relevancy again is that it has to be at 155. Because we can argue for, against, one way, up, down, the other, that Conor McGregor could be, you know, he could have a very, very remote path back to the title by knocking out Charles Oliveira. It's way too early in the morning for my guys to even <laughs> remotely talk about that. The point is, it has to happen at lightweight because McGregor will get no traction at welterweight. Chandler would, but McGregor wouldn't. It wouldn't make any sense. Now, if McGregor's willing to cut the weight and come back down to 55, sign me up because I'm with Hunter on this as well. For McGregor, it gets him relevancy again. He doesn't even have to win. He just has to look half decent and he will have relevancy again. If Chandler plows through him, he's next in line for the title, arguably. So, yes, there's many other fights we could say. But for me, this is the fight that makes the most sense money-wise and popularity-wise as well. Oh, yeah, it's the one I want to see. I, I mean, Chandler, I, Hunter, I agree with you, man, because obviously we all we all love Tony Ferguson. He looked like he was back in that fight. He looked vintage in the first round. And then Chandler goes out there and delivers one of the most brutal knockouts I will ever see against a guy who never gets knocked out. So I was losing my mind. I was so happy for Michael Chandler. And also, I'm going to go on record and say this. That was a top three shout-out uh, Octagon interview that, that I've ever seen. I'm not going to say the ten promo ten I, out of ten. I'm not going to say the best one because I don't have a list in front of me and and I'm not putting too much thought power into this. But it was amazing. Um, Michael Chandler is so entertaining. No wonder the Chandler Gaethje fight was so exciting because those are, in my opinion, probably the two most exciting guys in the UFC right now. 
uh, and, and no wonder. Justin Gaethje is super exciting, and Michael Chandler, oh my goodness, every fight is a must-watch fight because there's not a boring second. Um, you know, it's 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 almost like we had to watch that one in order to to watch the Rose Namunez versus Carlos Barza fight. It was like the price we had to pay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was amazing. And and I agree with him. I mean, look, the Connor fight just makes sense. I, I think it's like Connor's in this limbo zone. Who does he fight? He's not gonna fight Poirier again. Uh Diaz is who knows what's going on. He's peeing in the UFC PI. We don't know what's going on. So I, I think for me, I think the Connor fight makes the most sense. It's the fight that I want to see because Connor's super exciting. Obviously, Chandler's exciting. I have no idea who would win that fight, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, yeah. Connor is it's stylistically probably a really good matchup for him, but Chandler has hands of stone might be one of the hardest hitting 155 ers on the planet. Really? Um, plus the wrestling he can mix in. I mean, it's, it's a very interesting fight, intriguing fight. Both their gas tanks aren't great either. So we're going to get just a barn burner for two rounds. It's what I want to see. I think it's what everyone wants to see, to be honest with you guys. I mean, I'm not even really worried about the weight. I think 170 is fine because I, I don't know where Connor's head is at. I don't think he can cut back down to 155 right now. Uh, the way he looks on, on Instagram, uh, or, or if you could, I mean, it might not be worth it. So I think Chandler 170, 155, wherever it is, I want to see that fight. I agree with all of you. I think it's a fight to make. Um, but also guys, this is a very important podcast because, um, in case you didn't know, our least favorite fighter, Alexander Rakic is fighting in the main event tonight. So let's go ahead and transition to the pick of the night. Rakic versus Jan Blahovic. Killer fight night. Uh, what is our pick for that fight and our upset of the night? Hunter, take it away. Jack, I feel like we've known each other for a while now. We've known each other, yeah. Almost, almost a year, if not yeah. a little bit more. Oh, it's more than that, yeah. It's a little bit more than a year now, yeah. Yeah. That's about two years. It's insane. Yeah. Jack, there are a few certain types of fighters that we never bet against. Okay, there's Alistair Overeem when he's on steroids. Also, there's Uberim. <laughs> we don't bet against Uberim, right? We now do not bet against blonde Charles Oliveira. Everyone knows nope. that is a no-go. Not nope. anymore, guys. Nope. Not, not in this day and age. Nope. And one more thing that I'd like to mention. You do not bet against underdog Blahovich. all right? Ooh. Underdog Blahovich is the next mythical fighter that everyone needs to take into account. Blahovich has been underdog 11 times in his UFC career. And out of those 11 times, he has won nine out of the, out of the 11 fights. He has a fantastic track record at being an underdog. And I think it would just be very unwise of you not to pick Jan Blahovich in this matchup for any money reason. I mean, for any reason I could give you. I mean, I think Jan Blahovich is better at striking. I think he's, he's more powerful fighter. He's not as big as Rakic, but that's okay because he's just going to knock him out before Rakic can reach him. I mean, Jan Blahovich is one of my favorite fighters, so this might cloud my judgment in the slightest, but I don't think it does really because Jan Blahovich's record speaks for itself. I mean, he was the former light heavyweight champion of the world. If he doesn't have a giant Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt threat in front of him, then I don't think he has much of a threat at all. So I think Jan Blahovich is my pick of the night as well as my underdog of the night. Because what the boss says goes at eight o'clock in the morning. Let's oh go. my god, boys! <laughs> I tried mustering as much energy as I could, but I also did not want to wake my roommates. So that's what you get. That that was amazing. That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. We've got a what what the boss says goes at eight a.m. in the morning. And ladies and gentlemen, when you hear that, you know you've had a great episode. You know, not just in the afternoon, so <laughs> the nights, in the mornings, we have what the boss says goes. All times, all times of the day. 
Yeah, there's some lucky fans. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Four, four, seven, three, six, five. We keep it going. Um, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately for this fight night, we have in the main event our first ever honorary inductee into the Hall of Shame. In <laughs> Alexander Rakic, unanimous, undefeated, undisputed, most hated fighter between all of us. Um, congratulations, Rakic. Um, you know, you have that honor to add as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, it's so weird. Three for three. I'm with Hunter on this. Um, yeah. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Te- hey, technically, technically, we're all, we've all agreed for yeah. the first two segments. So yeah. Three for three. He's like Steph Curry with these picks. You know, this he's, never he's never actually happened. nailing shots from half court. Um, no, um, it's a good pick. You don't bet against uh, underdog Jan Blachowicz. You know, has nobody learned anything from Jan Blachowicz's career? He's been an underdog his entire career. Like Hunter said, betting underdog nine of his or betting under betting underdog in eleven fights. He's won nine of them. That's like an 87, 88% win percentage from being an underdog. When you don't see anybody put up those kind of numbers. That's mental. And plus, with Jan Blachowicz, the thing that I think is actually going to help him is that he's he ha- he's facing a fighter who's not going to want to engage with him. Yeah, you know, Alexander Rakic, hatred aside for his style, he's, he's not going to want to engage with Jan Blachowicz. He's going to want to walk back, counter-strike. And Jan Blachowicz generally does pretty well against that style. Like Hunter said, he doesn't have a Brazilian jiu-jitsu threat in front of him like Glover Teixeira. So generally, he's going to be free to stand and bang as he needs to. I see. I don't. I actually don't even see this fight going very long. I think maximum this fight goes two rounds, and I think we. See, I think we even see a violent first round finish here. For me, Jan Blachowicz is going to run in. He's going to catch Rakic on the chin with that sledgehammer of a right hand and I think he is going to put him down um, that's just the way I see it happening and for upset of the night this is very interesting because there's a fight slightly lower down in the card that I think is actually going to be very good and I actually think there will be a, a relatively big betting upset on it and I think I think it's going to be Ryan Spann against Ion Kuchalaba. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Spann is plus 180. I think Ion Kuchalaba is around minus 220, if I'm not wrong. I know a couple it's, of days. I, I checked. It's around that, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it's around minus 220. Um, and you might be wondering why I'm going with Ryan Spann. One very simple reason. Ion Kuchalaba doesn't know how to, keep, how to keep his hands up in a fight. He just charges around the octagon like some sort of mad bull. And Ryan Spann is not on the best of form right now. I'm certainly not going to argue that he is. But he can still knock people out. And when you don't put your hands up, you get knocked out. Shock. So, Ion Kuchalaba, if you do not keep your hands up, as I don't think you're going to, I think Ryan Spann's going to bring that right hand round, and I think he's going to knock him out in the first round again. He fights... I think he's the most emotional fighter I've ever seen. And that's the worst possible ingredient to have in the fight game. You don't bring emotion into this. You've got to fight with your head, not with all of your heart and your psyche. So, Ion Kuchalaba, I see getting knocked out again. And I see Ryan Spann picking up a big win and getting some momentum back, finally, in the light heavyweight division. And, gents, it's 8 a.m. over there. Do you know why those picks are? Do you know why you picked those picks? Because when you want to know where it's at, you listen to the Mac. Ooh. That's a good one. There you go, okay. Kevin. That's gotta be your that's gonna be the one to go with. 
That's we're bringing one. the we we bring the flames more than a barbecue. We bring the flames every time. <laughs> what are the what are the what are the <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Okay, say it again. <laughs> Run it back real quick, Keelan. Keelan has this, he has this good moment, and then and then it went. So, guys, uh, um, I think there's a side to the main event that we're not seeing. No, um, I agree with you, Jack. Um, I, I think that Rockage is a really – like, I know we, we, we say what we say about him on the podcast, but he is – he's – very good at keeping his distance and not engaging his way to victory. He's done it like four times in a row now. And I say that half sarcastically, but I also mean it. It's a way that he went, um, uh, which, you know, unfortunately is why forget that I'm going on yeah, We're going on on. on the podcast. Come on. Come on. There's no out. way we're going Alexander Rockets. Absolutely no way. No, well, I'm not ruining the streak. We all agree for the first time ever. Probably. Um, look, <laughs> um Jan Blahovic uh is is amazing look I actually am a little worried because it is him coming off of a loss to the title fight and Rakic is is long he has a long reach and everything but like Hunter said Jan Blahovic I would be shocked if he does not engage in this fight because that's what he does is engage throw bombs he goes forward and he's going to be a man on a mission he looks ready to go if you've seen him at the weigh-ins he looks ready to go he looks ready to get his belt back um and this is what's going to happen rocket used to be really good at firefights because that's what he used to get in all the time he used to be one of the most exciting fighters in the light heavyweight division until he decided to not do that anymore what's going to happen this saturday night or actually tonight which it actually is tonight because this is when we're doing the podcast it's crazy um <laughs> sorry um jan blahovich is going to engage with him and how he handles that engage he's not going to have he hasn't had that firefight in so long like years, maybe three years or, or almost four years. He hasn't had a real firefight. He's going to have a real firefight tonight. And how he handles the Polish power, not many people, if any, can handle the Polish power. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Jan Blachowicz gets back on the win streak, defeats Alexander Rakic. I agree with you guys. That could be my upset of the night. But again, Keelan always steals my pick. So I was going to say Ryan Spann, and I had that written down. He's plus 175 is the odds I had. I agree with Ryan Spann as well for all the reasons Keelan said. But guys, what a podcast. We all agree. Jan Blachowicz for the win over Alexander Rakic. If we're all wrong, we all go wrong together on this one. I, we're, we're joined in arms on this. So, um, but great podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. As always, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. You can listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at MMA.Island and check out our website, MMAIsland.net. And we're Team Blahovich over here. Polish power. <laughs>